Welcome back to How's the Bites from Murray's Outdoors under the Big Walleye on the south end of Guttenberg. I'm Ken Root. On this June day, joined by Bob Urban, the proprietor and wild man. Bob, you do so many different things, but you keep all the balls in the air, so how are you today? Oh, good, Ken. It's a really nice day. It's been kind of warm out um, the last few days, so trying to keep everything going and and uh, stay cool, I think, is what everybody's looking at doing this week anyway. I managed to get out fishing a couple of days ago, and it was hot by the time we got back in around noon. Uh, early morning has been very nice, however, but uh, I think I'm going to confine my fishing hours to early morning and late evening. But the day that uh, Tom Nagel and I were out, uh, we started out, uh, just uh, above Espen Island over on State Line Slough on the other side and fished a little bit with limited results. The biggest problem I had, Bob, was current. I could hardly hold things, and we tied up to snags and hoped for the best. And then we called you, and we got the recommendation to go up to Sinai McGill, and we motored up there, which is the furthest I've taken that boat so far, but it did well. However, I think I had myself in the wind to the point that now – I have a head cold, but once we got in there, we got to picking up a few bluegill, uh, shallow with minnows and bobbers, so kind of the way I fished as a kid. Yeah, I was thinking that would be uh, less current for you. Would, would you talk about state line? I remember fishing with my grandpa, and even in the summertime, that can be swift water, so with it being a little bit higher, that didn't surprise me. We would catfish in there and, and fish for whatever, but state line is a little bit of a a little current current stretch. And if you can get on the seams there, it's a usually a good area. But backwater of Snye McGill, people are finally getting in there. The boat ramp, I think, will be open now. It should be with the water under the bridge so you can get in there. Um, otherwise, you had to access it. Yeah, you had to access it from uh, from where you're talking, Bussy Lake, and get up there or Clayton and down. Um, Clayton boat ramp, though, Ken, and, and you might have heard it, uh, the railroad, uh, raise that during the flood a little bit, the railroad tracks, and people are having a really hard time getting across that with bigger boats uh, dragging their trailers. So I just wanted to mention that as well in the, the small city of Clayton. At Snye McGill, uh, there were a couple of boats that were already in. Uh, I suppose they decided the boat ramp was open. The Snye McGill area was calm. The interesting thing for me was that I've been on that river for about 10 years, and I'm pretty careful and uh, I'm not real knowledgeable of where the stumps are, et cetera, and sandbars. But the man with me was, and he was delighted in the fact that the water was up to the point we could cross over in places that my depth finder, even in the flood, was showing like two feet deep. So he said, you'll never be able to be here in normal water, but right now you can. So I'm going to throw out most of my memory of how we went across that river because <laughs> it won't be very long until it is not uh, appropriate to get in that water unless you want to get stuck. Tom's right. As, as far as that, I've been saying in the store to folks uh, all spring, all early summer long here, for chasing those crappies. Uh, we haven't been able to get in some of these backwaters unless you have a mud motor, like a, a motor or a jet boat or, or something that you can you can travel through two inches of water most boats can't some of these sloughs we haven't been able to get into for years with it being a low water summer pool 
And I think that's where some of those fish are this year, Ken. I think those crappies are in some of those sloughs that we can't fish or we haven't been able to fish. We can fish those now. That's one advantage of having a high water area, but it's also a disadvantage because those fish can be anywhere. They can be in all over uh, in the islands and, and here and there. So it has been harder, a harder crappie bite, but the bluegills are pretty predictable this time of year. You can go up on the shores where I was advising you. Sounds like you guys did okay. Oh, we caught a few. We had a good time. It was a peaceful morning. We intend to do a whole lot more of this in the future. I also picked up a few more fishing friends. Uh, so I've even got a trout fisherman on the line who uh, may try to fish with me in a while. I wanted to uh, change subjects a little bit on this flow of the river, which has been strong, and the potential for the roller dams to slow that flow and uh, see also where some other people are. So let's go over to Jamie Dinger, who is at landing 615, right in the middle of uh, Guttenberg, and check in on how he's doing and also when he thinks maybe he's going to get his barge out and people could start fishing there. Jamie, you've had some serious high water. Did you have any damage? Uh, nope, no damage, really. You put up a little wall, though. You were trying to anticipate either mud or other problems. I saw you hammering the sawing and nailing like a wild man. Yeah, well, we just were trying to protect it in case the water came up higher than they expected, and never can be too safe, you know. Tell me what the situation is now. You have the fishing barge that, in normal water, sets right below Lockett Dam number 10, and actually you're in pool 11. But um, when do you think the river will go down enough that they'll stop the flow or slow it down and you can put your barge in? Uh, hopefully this weekend it'll get the gates will go down and we'll get the barge back out there maybe by Sunday or Monday, something like that. Has it surprised you how rapidly the river has dropped lately? Yes, it's lack of rain, so it's helping get it down to where we need it. What's the fishing in the area right now, or, or are you a good judge of it at this moment? Yeah, catfishing's pretty good right now. Um, a lot of guys are out there trying to catch big catfish. Bluegills are starting to bite. The bass, they've been biting good for quite a while now. Tell me if people want to go out on your barge, uh, what your charge is and how it works. Yeah, it's $20, and you just show up at any 615 uh, right behind behind the hotel there and down on the gas dock and we'll run you over and whenever you want to come back you just call we're open from seven to five so everybody's got to be off there at five o'clock yep all right well jamie thank you very much for your report and uh, we'll check in with you uh, next week to see if you're open for business all right sounds good Bob, Jamie is uh, waiting to put the barge out we'll see if that happens over the weekend as far as getting the water down and then he can put things in place but that's a handy place to fish catfish i guess uh are probably pending right now if uh, you can just get out there yeah it's going to be i was just going to say the big bite right now is probably bluegills and catfish um catfish and, and that's going to be because of the spawn um pretty soon here you can float you can actually float the rocks here with leeches or worms where those catfish will spawn on the rocks, and it's a really fun activity if you haven't done it before. Flathead fishing right now, Ken, we've been talking about that for weeks, Mother's Day to Father's Day. 
uh, some big, big uh, river monsters being caught out there on uh, live bait, green sunfish, bullheads. Catch your own bluegills, use them for bait. Um, that's what they're doing, feeding up there right around where Jamie would have that float. And around 10 foot, they'll put those rollers in. We're at 10.6. Um, and if you look at that river, the forecast, it's just tanking. It's going to be all the way down to uh, 8 foot uh, by next week is what they're forecasting with the, the rainfall that we got. We got a little bit of rain which was awesome for the gardens, the fields, and the and the grasses last night, but but not enough to bring that river back up. So it looks like we're going to, to normal summer pool. People are excited to get out on that fishing barge again. We get calls all the time, um, and I would assume Jamie's excited to, to get it out and have customers again. We've got uh, two features this week with uh, Paul Sleeper, you recommended, who is a fisheries biologist at our base in the McBride unit. And uh, the first is free fishing weekend. So are you involved with that, Bob? We're involved in several levels with free fishing weekend. First off, Ken, it's it's been a crazy week of, of bait sales on the wholesale end. Um, and it comes twofold. It comes with uh, Memorial Day weekend. And then the next following weekend is always free fishing weekend. It's the first full weekend in June. Uh, they allow you to free fish Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for Iowa residents only. Um, and there's always a lot of tournaments going on. I, I know I'm donating a bunch of stuff. Benton County has one. Uh, Powashik County has one that we donated a bunch of stuff to. And the big one that uh, in the in the years here that we've done a lot with is Camp Courageous, which is out of uh, Jones County where I live. Um, and they're doing a really cool fundraiser where free fishing weekend you don't have to pay for a license but they are offering you pay five five dollars or fifteen dollars i think a family um and you can go out to pleasant creek and paul will be talking about how awesome of a lake that is now um this weekend lots of prizes i think we donated about seven hundred dollars worth of um electric knives poles tackle boxes uh to the cause down there and uh should be a good event down there in a payload well, that's very nice of you to do, and uh, it, it promotes your business. But I, I love to see little kids connect with fishing in the fact that you can hook a fish, and you can feel that pole, and you can bring that little fish in and generally have somebody take it off so you get thin, and then just smile with it and take your picture. And then the memory remains, and the desire to fish again, I think, comes back to you. Oh, yeah. I don't even think of it from a business standpoint to to get these kids doing something. I, I think it's just something we all need to do as citizens and as uh, community members to give back to uh, some of the young generations, get them doing something other than being in the house. But I, I think that's just our place. We do have to donate some of that. And this is the weekend that we like to uh we donate quite a bit to all kinds of events and, and different stuff. But this is the big weekend where we we do really well. Uh, the bait sales are doing really well, and why not give back to, to the kids and, and some of the community efforts this weekend? Well, let's find out more about what's going to happen with those people who help out Camp Courageous and those great kids. Jeff Winfield joins me. Ken, I'm on uh, 105.7 KOKZ, and, uh, and then, of course, we have our sister stations, Rock 108, and uh, 107.3 Hank FM, including News Talk 1540 KXEL. That's our group of four. Jeff, tell me about what's coming up with Camp Courageous that folks might want to be interested in. 
Well, we've got our second annual Camp Courageous Fishing Derby. It's happening on Saturday, June the 3rd, out at a beautiful location. We were out there last year, Pleasant Creek State Recreation Area there just outside of Palo, and from 8 until noon, since it's the uh, the uh, quote-unquote free fishing weekend, you know, for families in the state of Iowa, we figure that's a good time to do it, and uh, we invite families, and, you know, kids and grandkids to come out and join us and uh, do a little fishing, and the funds that we raise through our entry fees will go to help out Charlie Becker and all the good folks and the work they do at Camp Courageous. What kind of entry fees do you have, or is it a donation-based thing? It's uh, all we're asking is five dollars per person, or you know, fifteen dollars for the entire family. Those proceeds will go to Camp Courageous, and I know the team is working on uh, gathering up. Uh, last year, we had a whole table full of prizes, and fishing poles, and coolers, and uh, it, w- it was a lot of fun because we did see quite a few families, even though the weather wasn't as, as nice as we would have liked to have been last year. Um, a lot of people walked away with some very nice prizes and. Uh, it was just a, it was just a really nice time to be out for a few hours and and uh, you know the the amount of money that that raised isn't you know a ton probably versus some of the donations that Charlie and his crew may get but uh, whatever we can do is certainly helpful for the good work that they do. Well, there's not anything more fun than watching little kids catch fish and uh, understand uh, a little bit more about nature and kind of get hooked themselves on. Uh, going out enjoying something other than a iPad or a uh, a phone or an Xbox. It's a free fishing weekend. You can bring your kids out, $5 a piece, $15 for a family. And, Jeff, again, where is it located and what time is it? You'll find us at uh, Pleasant Creek State Recreation Area in Palo, and we will have signage because I know it kind of winds around the waterways up there to kind of point you where the action is going on. Again, you can register online now at any of the NRG media stations, and I'll give you ours, 1057kokz.com. You can get registered so you can just get right to the table and and get to fishing, or you can certainly come out the uh, morning of the event, and we'll we'll certainly get you signed up uh, as well. And you're talking about kids and fishing. I remember last year a couple of times watching, you know, like a 9- or 10-year-old kid running back with a little fish excited because he wanted to get it in on the contest. So it, it really is going to be a lot of fun, and we're looking forward to it. All right. Jeff Winfield, thank you very much for giving us all this information and for your work with Camp Courageous. Paul Sleeper joins me, who is a fisheries biologist at the McBride area, right around the um, Solon area of Iowa. Paul, you're with DNR. Glad to have you with us today, ahead of the big free fishing weekend. In fact, uh, it's the uh, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. What's the purpose that DNR has for doing this? Well, what we do is we just want to get people out and enjoying getting outside, enjoying the natural resources, and, and uh, getting a little introduced to fishing. So we've done that all for years now. Um, we have that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's always the first full weekend of, of June that we, uh, as long as you are a, a resident of the state of Iowa, um, you can fish for free for those three days. Well, I'm sure it would come down to kids saying, Daddy, can you take us fishing? And he said, no, I don't have a fishing license. But there's no excuse now, is there? 
No, there really isn't. And well, plus, even if you're under 16, you don't need a fishing license anyway. Yeah, no, it, it's been a great, great program. Um, there's lots of events um, and different parts of the going through all the hot out the state to promote it. Well, I know that there is a uh, fishing derby, if you will, that Camp Courageous is having, and uh, that's over in the Palo area. And yeah. uh, there's also a number of others. So if you'd like to take your kids out fishing, and uh, this would be an excellent time if you want to go fishing on your own, you guys are not going to be checking for licenses on the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, huh? No, basically uh, most of them are, we're working on different programs and different ones to promote it. There'll be family fishing events in different areas. Um, the Camp Courageous ones on Saturday um, from 8 to noon. Um, basically all those proceeds are going to go to benefit Camp Courageous on that. So they're going to have a little fishing derby there that people can, can partake in. Paul, let's talk about another area, and that's the renovation work you're doing at Pleasant Creek Lake near Palo. What was the reason you waded in, if you will, to restoring that lake? We've done many of them throughout the state. There's a uh, lake restoration program um, that has been funded from the state for years. It started back in the um, late 90s, um, so we've done a lot of different lakes throughout the state. We did McBride in the early 2000s, um, a lot of the smaller lakes. Um, Central Park in, in uh, Jones County, Kent Park in Johnson County, just a bunch of in, in my particular area. We completed the one over in uh, Pleasant Creek Lake. Um, this is a 410-acre lake on the northwest side of Cedar Rapids. Um, we completed that one in 2017. Um, a lot of these lakes, they need maintenance just like everything else. They get old. Um, the shoreline rock starts sloughing down, and then it gets shallower. Um, you know, they start silting in, and, and they just need maintenance over time. So we started that project um, on all these. Oh, usually they're a five to ten year project because it takes a long time to, to develop the plans, um, get everything implemented, get all the bids done. Um, but we always start up in the watershed first and control the runoff, the silt um, as best we can before we do the in-lake portion of it. Um, at Pleasant Creek Lake, we basically drew the lake down 15 feet. Um, we did that so we can access. It's a lot easier to, to bring trucks than use the lake bed itself um, kind of as the roads to get in there. Um, also, we dug out a lot of the shallow bays that were um, that were filling in with sills and, and sloughing from the shorelines. We dug those down deeper. Pleasant Creek was kind of a unique one. We didn't actually take the, the material out. We actually pushed it out in the deeper water. There's a lot of, you know, real deep water, 50, 60 foot out in Pleasant Creek Lake. So we actually would take that material out of the shoreline, push it out into that 12 to 15 feet, make an underwater um, reef or an underwater mound um, and put rock on it for fish habitat, or in certain areas, if we couldn't push it that far, we'd build them up and make some islands just to create some more some more of that edge and, and more of that kind of that diversity out there. How do you determine species? I assume you have the forage fish that you want to make sure you have a good base of those. And what if you have a lot of, uh, of trash fish, if you will, carp and others in a lake? Do you uh, thin down the populations, uh, completely wipe out the populations? How do you start over? Every lake is different. You know, in Pleasant Creek Lake, we didn't drain the whole thing. We really didn't have, there's some, some rough fish in there, but it wasn't enough to, you know, start the whole lake over. So basically all the fish were left in there. And then, uh, you know, we just drew it down. That stimulates a lot of, a lot of weed growth. Um, you got a lot of willow trees and cottonwood trees that grew up for a couple of years while it was down. It created a lot of habitat. Um, you know, we added over 500 trees. Um, 60,000 tons of rock along the shoreline and then in the lake for fish habitat. 
um, redid boat ramps and all that stuff. So it, it, it creates a basically a new lake phenomena when it, when that lake finally fills. Pleasant Creek finally filled. It's a very, very small watershed, which means watershed is how many acres of land will, will uh, flow into that water body. So it's only five acres of land basically going into, uh, to make one, to make a, uh, an acre of water. So there's, it's a very small watershed. So it took a, a couple years to fill, um, finally filled in 2017, but all that flooded new trees that were growing up, you know, some of these trees were 12, 15 foot tall already. It's created a, just a, a boom, just like a brand new lake. We get tremendous spawns of everything and it just rejuvenates the whole lake system. Oh, one other area, and that is uh, some people are seeing, uh, bluegills that seem to either be unhealthy or dead what's happening to the bluegill population across the state um it's it's just spawning stress um some years are worse than others um we had a news release last week about southern iowa or two weeks ago about southern iowa it's a little warmer down there they started seeing it sooner um and then now we're start seeing it further north um it basically is in areas and it can be in farm ponds lakes but it's it's basically in areas a lot of times that have a you know a high population of bluegills and crappies. It's kind of mother's nature's way sometimes of thinning them out a little bit. What it is is it's it's typically right during their spawning. You know bluegills are going to make a nest. The females come in, lay the eggs, and the males are going to sit and guard that nest. And they make it looks like a little elephant. You know an elephant's been walking around. There's these little round little nests about a foot foot in diameter, and they're gonna there'll be a male bluegill guarding those. So anything that comes in. They're fighting all the time. So any type of little bacteria or fungi infection spreads very, very quickly. And the temperatures have been really, really warm. Um, that makes it, you know, it kind of makes it worse. So we're seeing that in quite a few areas. So, at, you know, Pleasant Creek right now, I mean, it's nothing to see several hundred or a thousand little, you know, bluegills that are washed up along the shore. It's, it's typically bluegills. It'll be crappies too. And sometimes, sometimes um, occasionally we'll see a few bass, but most of the time it's bluegills and crappies. Overall, I mean, it, it's not going to hurt the population. It's it's a relatively small, small portion of it. Um, sometimes in certain areas, it can kind of benefit because it's, you know, you get too many of the little ones and it'll just kind of thin them out. But it's it's nothing to be worried about. Um, the fish are still fine to eat. If you catch one with a little, you know, white spot, a lot of times they'll have the white, almost like a little white beard on their, on their uh, lip, or they'll have a little white spot on their side. But that they're fine all you know if you cook them up everything's it's just a little bacteria infection it cooks it'll the cooking will kill all that well paul sleeper yeah. very much for your uh, information it's always good to know how the systems are working and how dnr is working to be able to to rejuvenate some of these lakes is pleasant creek now fully open for the public oh yes it was it was uh, again it opened up and filled up in 2017 um it's kind of really peaking right now which means that first year again we you know, we had all those little fish um, naturally spawned out there, and we've been stocking a lot, too. Those are all grown up into some really nice fishing right now. Um, the crappie fishing has been just phenomenal for Pleasant Creek. Um, lots of fish in the – a lot of smaller ones coming on now. There's 7 inches. There's a bunch of 9 to 10 inches out there. There's also some 11 to 13 inches, some real big ones out there. Bluegills numbers are really nice and growing real well. So everything's really um, looking great right now at Pleasant Creek. Well, that uh, confirms what has been said by a number of bait shops in the area that I talked to on a weekly basis, that the people were coming in for bait in the morning, and then they used it all, and they'd come in and get <laughs> So they definitely were catching some fish, and uh, we thank you for the work you're doing, and uh, we hope all goes well on this uh, free fishing weekend. Yep, thank you very much, and hopefully the weather cooperates, and it's really nice, and everybody can get out and enjoy some 
enjoy the resource and, and uh, catch a few fish over the weekend. And Paul's done a lot of projects, and Paul has years of experience with the Iowa DNR. Um, he would be a guy that you would want to talk to and just, uh, if he's having seminars or whatever, and just be a sponge and and uh, listen to anything that he has to say. But um, I've known Paul for a while back in my uh, conservation days and work with him closely and uh, the projects, if you can get the funding for him, and, and Pleasant Creek did. A lot of these lakes, Ken, weren't properly managed, I would say, or didn't have the funding to be properly managed 50, 60 years ago when they were built. And the reason, and, and what I talk about is a lot of these smaller county state park lakes, they didn't have the ground or know that the ground purchased around to build sediment ponds, to control the silt, to where these these facilities could be managed a little bit more uh, easier where they didn't have silt coming in. So now they're going around buying buying a lot of the property up, working with other agencies, building sediment ponds, building wetlands, building different areas so that the life of that lake can last uh, 100 years versus maybe 50 years where you have to re redo it, uh, dredge it out, stuff like that. Well, Bob, may you have a good week coming up. Bob, let's roll forward as we uh, move into June. It's hard to believe that the longest days of the year are here. And uh, you take care. Be safe this week. Yeah, you too, Ken. Remember that sunscreen, uh, that bug soother, vanilla bug spray for those gnats. And uh, stay cool, drink lots of water.